We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 738 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Thursday, January 11, 2024. And let us get this out of the way. Uh, no, Nick Saban should not be the commander's next head coach. Uh, Nick Saban, in my opinion, greatest head coach in college football history. But no, he should not <laughs> be the commander's next head coach. He's 72. He's a defensive-minded head coach, uh, but he, of course, is a legend. The Nick Tater on Wednesday evening announcing his retirement. Uh, Nick Saban has won more college football national championships than any head coach in the modern era. Seven national titles in 28 seasons as a college football head coach. He won the 2003 national title as LSU head coach. He won the 2009, 2011, 2012, 2015, 2017, and 2020 national titles as Bama head coach. Not bad. Hello and welcome to this Thursday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Well, before Nick Saban's great run at Alabama, a dominant head coach in the FBS was Pete Carroll at USC, right? Well, Carroll, he too is out as head coach. The Seattle Seahawks on Wednesday afternoon announced that Carroll was out as their head coach, uh, although he's staying with the team as an advisor. A whole lot of movement in the football coaching world right now. A whole lot going on with the commanders right now. Uh, Their search for a head of football operations was to have continued with two more reported interviews of candidates on Wednesday. Chicago Bears assistant general manager Ian Cunningham and Philadelphia Eagles assistant general manager Alec Hallaby. Next segment, I'll discuss the latest in the commander's revamping of their football operations, including the impact of Pete Carroll being out as Seahawks head coach, and also the Tennessee Titans on Tuesday firing head coach Mike Vrabel. And I'll get into a big-time wild card question for the commanders this offseason. Are the Chicago Bears sticking with Justin Fields as their QB1? The Bears have the number one overall pick 
in the 2024 NFL Draft. The Commanders have the number two overall pick in the 2024 draft. We on Tuesday did have Bears news, though the news did not include them firing head coach Matt Eberflus. Uh, I then will speak with a good guest, Kyle Madsen. Uh, He is the co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast, which is a San Francisco 49ers podcast. He is the co-host of The Insiders on ESPN 1320 Sacramento. He is the managing editor of USA Today's Niners Wire. And Kyle is going to tell us about two key Bay Area people uh, who are very relevant in what's going on with the commanders right now. Niners Assistant General Manager Adam Peters, who reportedly was to have been interviewed by the commanders on Tuesday night, and who is viewed as the hot name among potential head of football operations candidates, and former Golden State Warriors President of Basketball Operations and General Manager Bob Myers, who on Monday morning was shockingly announced as being part of the advisory committee for Commander's Managing Partner Josh Harris. Kyle has some really good nuggets on Adam Peters and Bob Myers and also is going to talk to us about Michigan head coach and former Niners head coach Jim Harbaugh, who is perhaps a head coaching candidate for the Commanders. And I will ask Kyle about Niners edge defender and former Commanders edge defender Chase Young. Uh, Also on the show, the Wizards, our tanking Wizards, uh, they lost at the Indiana Pacers 112-104 on Wednesday night. And I will discuss Virginia Tech basketball. Big win for the Hokies, an 87-72 win over number 21 Clemson at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia on Wednesday night. This is by one of the Hokies' best players, 6-3, Hunter Couture, leaving the game due to injury. He played for just 14 minutes as a starter, did not play at all in the second half. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Tommy Whitbeck on a key point about the commanders in the 2024 NFL Draft. Writes Tommy, Fellow Georgetown Prep High School alum, class of 2002, love the podcast. Thank you, Tommy, continues Tommy. As most fans know, we own the Chicago Bears' second round pick. Conventional knowledge would therefore assume that we wanted the Bears to pick as high as possible in the first round. However, because of NFL draft order protocol, this was not necessarily true. The Bears ended the regular season in a four-way tie with a 7-10 and record. Because of the strength of schedule tiebreaker, the Bears have the number nine overall pick in the 2024 draft. That is the second highest first-round pick among the 7-10 and teams. You might think that we would have preferred the Bears to pick eight, right? But because of the rotating order each round, it works out well for the commanders who now own the eighth pick in round two. Had the Bears landed the eighth pick in round one, we'd have the 11th pick in round two. Thank you for the email, Tommy. That is an excellent point. For those who don't know, when there is a tie among teams with their regular season records, the draft order that is determined via the tiebreaker uh, is the order for the first round, not For every round, the ensuing rounds feature tied teams cycling positions from round to round. So yes, this did end up working out in a very good way for our commanders. Uh, Bottom line, the commanders have five of the top 100 picks 
in the 2024 draft. The Commanders have the numbers 2, 36, 40, 67, and 100 picks in the 2024 draft. And the team has a lot of salary cap space. And the team is getting a new football operations regime. And the team has new ownership. Uh, As horrible as the Commanders' 2023 season was, their 2024 offseason sets up to be one of the franchise's most exciting ever. And of course, our team does offseasons like few teams in the NFL do offseasons. I get that. Our team is the king of the offseasons in so many ways. It is that gosh darn regular season thing uh, that has been the problem. But anyway, this offseason sets up to be massive for the Commanders. The offseason already Uh, has featured all kinds of news. And uh, we on this podcast are here every step of the way. Uh, Email from one of the many legal experts of this show, Neil Mullen. Uh, He is an adjunct professor at George Mason's Antonin Scalia Law School. Neil practiced labor and employment law for three plus decades. He's a big Commanders fan. Writes, Neil, I remember when Washington hired Ron Rivera. The consensus was that Dan Snyder had outkicked the coverage, that Rivera was the best that Washington could have hoped to lure to what was on the surface and in actuality, a terrible job. Compare that to this past Monday. A free agency bank account stuffed with opportunity, the number two overall pick in the draft and five picks over the top 100 picks, and most importantly, a new ownership group willing to do the hard thing, like trading Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and willing to do the perhaps unexpected thing, like hiring Eugene Shen. All of the top candidates are slated for interviews. Adam Peters may already be said, think he'd have been willing to talk to Dan night and day (laughs) does not quite capture it. I am so glad that we stunk at an epic level this year. If you want a nightmare, consider where we would be if Washington had snuck into the playoffs. A quick humiliation in game one, the 16th overall pick in a first round of a draft again, and a significant issue with ditching a coaching staff that had made it clear that it was just not good enough. So, Hail incompetence. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Neil. Yes, hail incompetence. Hashtag HTTI. (laughs) Hail to the incompetence. The 2023 commanders are a perfect example of something that I have espoused for years. The middle is a road to nowhere. In sports, if you're not going to be really good, you're actually better off being really bad. And if you have been harmed by the negligence of someone else, or if someone who you care about has been harmed by the negligence of someone else, you are better off consulting with the great law firm of Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace has won millions of dollars for clients and was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firm's 2024 edition. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace fights for victims of all kinds of situations, including victims of errors made during 
diagnosis during surgery or with medication, victims of injuries caused by dangerous medications or medical devices, as well as defective auto parts, victims of accidents involving cars, trucks, bikes, or motorcycles, victims of deceptive trade practices and false advertising, heck, victims of shady lawyers. If your attorney acts in bad faith, is unethical in his or her counsel, or is negligent in his or her work, you could have a claim for legal malpractice. Paulson and Nace has represented corporate clients throughout the region. Attorneys Chris Nace and Matt Nace, they are experienced trial attorneys who are not afraid to take cases to trials, and that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged, but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. Commander's managing partner Josh Harris on Wednesday and his Miami home reportedly was to have hosted interviews with two more head of football operations candidates for the commander, Chicago Bears assistant general manager Ian Cunningham and Philadelphia Eagles assistant general manager Alec Hallaby. Josh on Tuesday at his Miami home reportedly was to have hosted interviews with three head of football operations candidates for the commander, San Francisco 49ers assistant general manager Adam Peters, who I believe is the commander's top target, Cleveland Browns assistant general manager and vice president of player personnel Glenn Cook and Kansas City Chiefs assistant general manager Mike Borgonzi. We'll see if the commanders conduct more interviews of candidates to lead football operations. We on Tuesday morning had multiple reports that the commanders are interested in Dallas Cowboys vice president of player personnel, Will McClay. So perhaps he gets interviewed. Interestingly, there has been no word on the commanders requesting permission to interview Baltimore Ravens director of player personnel, Joe Hortiz, uh, despite his name having come up a good bit. Uh, We on Monday had the avalanche (laughs) of reports of head of football operations candidates and head coaching candidates who the commanders had requested to interview. But we, since Monday, have not had much on head coaching candidates for the team. And that would be because the team wants to hire a head of football operations before hiring a head coach, because the new head of football operations should pick the head coach. Uh, Josh Harris at his press conference on Monday afternoon said that he was, quote, going to run a thorough but rapid process, end quote. Here you go. Yeah, so I'm going to run a um, thorough but rapid process. Yes, a thorough but rapid process. And that certainly appears to be what we have had so far. Uh, It is way too early to plant any flag of victory, but I do like what we're seeing with this search. Uh, Josh Harris clearly put a lot of thought and planning 
into this overhaul of football operations. He had the advisory committee, which includes two outside hires and Bob Myers and Rick Spielman, ready to go for day one of the team's offseason. The team on that day one launched this all-out aggressive pursuit of interviews with top head of football operations and head coaching candidates. And we believe that the team over days two and three of the offseason conducted interviews with five of the head of football operations candidates. Uh, Rapid but thorough sounds about right. And rapid but thorough is what is needed because the commanders now have increased competition for the head coach hiring off two at least somewhat surprising head coaching changes in the NFL over the last two days. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, the Tennessee Titans announced the firing of head coach Mike Vrabel, despite him having gone 54 and 45 over six regular seasons as Titans head coach, although he went just 13 and 21 over the last two regular seasons. And Wednesday afternoon, the Seattle Seahawks announced that Pete Carroll was out as their head coach, although he's staying with the team as an advisor. Uh, Carroll's official title with the Seahawks had been executive vice president of football operations and head coach. But Carroll is out as Seahawks head coach, despite them having gone nine and eight each of the last two regular seasons. Matt Eberflus is somehow remaining as Chicago Bears head coach, despite having gone just 10 and 24 over two regular seasons as Bears head coach. But Pete Carroll is out as Seahawks head coach, despite them having gone nine and eight each of the last two regular seasons. The Seahawks hired Pete Carroll in January 2010, the same month in which the Redskins announced the hiring of Mike Shanahan as executive vice president slash head coach. Think about that. The Skins hired Shanahan in the same month that the Seahawks hired Carroll, and it was just on Wednesday afternoon that Carroll finally was out as Seahawks head coach. But the point with the commanders is there now is increased competition in the head coaching market. Uh, We now have seven head coach openings in the NFL. Four openings in the NFC, those four, the Commanders, the Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the Seattle Seahawks, and three openings in the AFC, those for the Las Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers, and Tennessee Titans. The Commanders head coaching vacancy has a lot going for it. I am biased, okay? (laughs) I will grant you that. But to me, The commander's head coaching vacancy is the most appealing of the head coaching vacancies. And look at Adam Peters, him so quickly accepting and granting an interview from the commanders this offseason says a lot about how appealing their situation is. Keep in mind that Peters last offseason reportedly turned down interview requests from the Arizona Cardinals and Tennessee Titans. So last offseason, Peters reportedly turned down interview requests from the Cardinals and Titans. This offseason, he granted an interview to the commanders within the first two days of the offseason. But until the commanders hire a head of football operations, the team's head coaching vacancy almost certainly is not going to get filled. So I would expect the head of football operations vacancy to be filled in the coming days, no later than next week. And I think that there are a lot of possibilities here. Uh, What if Josh Harris is about to hire not one, but two of these prominent head of football operations candidates? Like, what if Josh hires Adam Peters as the head of football operations and Alec Hallaby as general manager? 
Peters is 44 and has a scouting background. Hallaby is younger. He's in his 30s and is an analytics guy. Uh, Peters and Hallaby, that could be quite the duo running commander's football operations. But, you know, there is a lot that we don't know. Uh, We don't know much about these candidates as people. In other words, uh, are these candidates easy to get along with? Uh, Do these candidates work well with others? Heck, maybe two heads are not better than one. Maybe this idea of having a head of football operations and a general manager makes for too many chefs in the kitchen. We don't know specifically what good moves and bad moves these people have advocated for with their current and previous teams. We don't know what these candidates are being offered from other teams, nor do we know what these candidates are thinking with other teams. For example, Alec Hallaby, he reportedly will be interviewed by the Panthers on Friday. ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter in a post on X on Wednesday afternoon wrote that the quote, Panthers have been especially eyeing Hallaby for quite some time, end quote. So maybe the Panthers are about to make Hallaby an offer that he can't refuse. Their owner, David Tepper, is a big analytics guy, but also maybe Hallaby has zero interest in working for David Tepper. Uh, There's also something like this. So the commanders on October 26th announced the hiring of Eugene Shen as the team's senior vice president of football strategy. He's in charge of their analytics. How exactly does Eugene Shen fit into what Josh Harris is thinking with the new football operations set up? We don't know. There's a lot of information with this situation that we don't have. But we do know that These are exciting times for our team. Uh, One other thing from the NFL on Wednesday. So, like I said, the Bears are retaining Matt Eberflus. Uh, They, on Wednesday afternoon, did announce a number of firings of offensive coaches, including offensive coordinator Luke Getze. The big question with the Bears is, are they sticking with Justin Fields as their QB1, or are they looking to take a quarterback with the number one overall pick in the 2024 NFL Draft, in which, as you may have heard, the Commanders have the number two overall pick. Uh, Bears general manager Ryan Poles, in a season-ending press conference on Wednesday afternoon, was non-committal on Justin Fields. This is going to be one of the biggest Commander storylines once the remaking of the team's football operations is complete. Should the team just stay at two and take whichever quarterback the new football operations regime likes best at that point? Or if the Bears are sticking with fields, should the commanders trade up to number one to take the quarterback who they like best? In other words, how much of a difference is there between the perceived top two quarterbacks in the 2024 draft? USC's Caleb Williams and North Carolina's Drake May. And by the way, Caleb Williams still has not officially declared for the draft, but is there a big difference between Williams and May? Also, where does the LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels fit into all of this? But with Williams and May, take a listen to this from NFL draft analyst Todd McShay on the Ryan Rossillo podcast. Uh, This was McShay, who I think is one of the best NFL draft analysts, giving the first two picks of his 2024 mock draft. Number one, Chicago's got this pick from Caleb from uh, from, from Carolina. I think they go with Caleb Williams, the USC quarterback. Drake May absolutely is in play. Everyone's talking about Justin Fields, the great end of the season he's had. I, I get it, but if you just boil it down from a business standpoint, even if you think Justin's going to continue to build on this, 
You talk about the money that you're going to have to pay Justin for the next five years compared to the money that you're going to pay a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. It allows you to build your organization, continue to build and do what you did. You moved back last year. You got this pick. It's time to draft the quarterback of the future. I think the Bears at number one go with, with Caleb Williams. And if they don't, I think it'll probably be Drake May. Number two, Washington. You know, it, it all fell apart this year. They made the trades. They're changing, you know, changing leadership, new new organization, new owner. It's time to bring in their guy at quarterback. If Caleb's gone, Drake May's the, the guy coming out of North Carolina. If Drake May goes one, I think Caleb Williams is going to be the guy for Washington moving forward. So top two p- picks are quarterback. So interesting that Todd McShay can see Drake May and not Caleb Williams being the number one overall pick in the 2024 draft. Uh, What are the Bears thinking at one? What is the proper ranking of Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels? And should the commanders seriously consider trading up from two to one? Uh, All things to be thinking about, uh, but let's first get a new football operations regime in place. Well, if you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., you can put in place an end to dealing with insurance by putting BMC Insurance to work for you regarding insurance for your employees. BMC Insurance can assist you with designing and implementing group benefit plans for employees. These plans include group health, dental, vision, life, and disability insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a big Commanders fan and a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance uses cost-effective technology platforms to help employers manage employee onboarding and open enrollment periods. BMC Insurance conducts open enrollment meetings with its clients' employees via Zoom, a pre-recorded webinar, or an in-person meeting. And BMC Insurance is run by people who develop relationships with the employees of its clients so that the employees go to BMC Insurance with insurance carrier claim or billing issues, not you, the employer. You see, BMC Insurance takes the insurance burden off the employee and the employer so that the employee and employer can focus on what they do for a living and not insurance. BMC Insurance advises on strategies regarding implementing new group benefit plans and implementing employer contributions to these group benefit plans. Also, BMC Insurance can assist those who do not get health and dental insurance from their employers in obtaining health and dental insurance from the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link. And BMC Insurance understands how federal tax credits available through the Maryland Health Connection and DC Health Link work and benefit those who are eligible. The federal open enrollment period for those purchasing health insurance for themselves runs now through January 15th. If you own or run a company in Maryland, Virginia, or Washington, D.C., there is a better way to do insurance. Let BMC Insurance take how you do insurance for your employees to an elite level for both them and you. Put BMC Insurance to work you. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to Matt Brooks and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. That's insurancebmc.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you.
Well, Washington, D.C. and San Francisco, California are separated by well over 2,000 miles. But for whatever reasons, there are a lot of connections between the Commanders and the 49ers. Uh, The Niners head coach is former Redskins offensive coordinator Kyle Shanahan. The Niners stud left tackle is former Skins left tackle Trent Williams. It was this past Halloween that the Commanders traded edge defender Chase Young to the Niners for a third-round compensatory pick in the 2024 NFL Draft. Uh, The man who is the Commander's general manager for now, uh, Martin Mayhew, his job prior to being hired as Washington GM in January 2021 was Niners Vice President of Player Personnel. Well, now we have even more things to be thinking about between the Commanders and the Niners. A major candidate, perhaps the top candidate, To be the commander's next head of football operations is Niners assistant general manager Adam Peters. And so here to talk Adam Peters and a lot more is Kyle Madsen. Uh, Kyle is the co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast, which is a 49ers podcast. He is the co-host of the Insiders on ESPN 1320 Sacramento. He is the managing editor of USA Today's Niners Wire. You can follow Kyle on X at Kyle a Madsen. Uh, hey, Kyle, you know, a connection that we do not have <laughs> between the Commanders and the Niners is uh, how each team has been doing. Uh, Washington has not had a winning regular season since the 2016 regular season. The Niners are the number one seed in the NFC playoffs this postseason and just finished a fourth double-digit win regular season in five seasons. That is quite a program that your team has going on. Yeah, man, it's pretty incredible. You, you typically don't see a Super Bowl window stretch for five years like this, especially in 2019. They go to the Super Bowl 2020. They have all the injuries and stuff. And you're thinking, OK, they'll still wrap up this core will move on. And they just kind of keep replenishing talent. They keep restocking the cupboard, paying the right guys. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with with the guy that I think we're going to talk about here, Adam Peters. Yeah, so Commander's managing partner Josh Harris at his Miami home uh, reportedly was to have hosted an interview with Adam Peters on Tuesday night. I believe that Peters is the team's top target in this search for a new head of football operations. I know that there is a belief that he wants to stay with the 49ers in order to succeed president of football operations and general manager John Lynch. But what can you tell us about Adam Peters? Yeah, they, uh, so Adam Peters is, while John Lynch is the GM in title, he's a little bit, I, I've equated it to the Queen of England, where there's not, he's more of the figurehead, where he's going to handle a lot of the, you know, public stuff. He's going to do press conferences. He's going to go shake hands before games. He's going to do all that. And he does some talent evaluation and stuff, but Adam Peters is the personnel guy. Adam Peters is the, as I understand it, he is ostensibly the general manager. And he got a promotion to, I should say, a title change to assistant GM recently. And that, to me, was was a sign that maybe John Lynch is going to step aside at some point. Maybe John Lynch moves up to a president of football ops and Peters moves to GM. I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure what the plan is there. But Peters has acted like the last couple of offseasons that like he wants to stay in San Francisco because there is some kind of succession plan in place. He outright turned down interviews with Arizona and I think Tennessee last year to stay, to stay with the 49ers in this role. So that's definitely there. But I also, I wrote about this a little bit at the Niners wire, but 
I, 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 I think that the commanders pose a, a different threat to San Francisco in terms of, in terms of losing Peters because of the coalition of, of the, the search party, I guess, for lack of a better term that, that Josh Harris has built starting with Bob Myers. Uh, I, I think that this is a, a situation that, that might be able to lure Peters away from San Francisco. Well, the fact that Adam Peters last offseason reportedly turned down interview requests from the Arizona Cardinals and Tennessee Titans, but this offseason so quickly accepted and gave an interview from the Commanders uh, certainly seems to speak to what you just said. You mentioned former Golden State Warriors President of Basketball Operations and General Manager Bob Myers. Uh, He is a member of this advisory committee that Josh Harris announced on Monday morning. Myers has a very good relationship with Adam Peters. It would seem that this Bob Myers connection is a significant one. Yeah, the 49ers and Warriors work pretty closely together, actually. The Warriors had a ton of success as an organization right about the time that, that Kyle Shanahan was was coming in and, and taking over as head coach. So those two organizations are actually uh, fairly close. And so Adam Peters and Bob Myers having a relationship is not a huge shock. And Myers was a extremely well-respected person in the Bay Area. He is he oversaw a, a, a ton of success with with the Warriors. Um, he managed a ton of different personalities, from you know somebody like Steve Kerr to Steph Curry to Draymond Green. Like it, the, so, I, I I think that there is a immense amount of respect from the 49ers and, and Adam Peters specifically towards uh, what what the Golden State Warriors have done because that's something that the 49ers are trying to replicate. Bob Myers really is something. He has this remarkable Forrest Gump-like resume, played basketball at UCLA, initially made the team as a walk-on, ended up being part of UCLA's 1995 National Championship team. Uh, He interned with Super Agent Arn Tellum, ended up being a sports agent for Wasserman Media Group. Uh, Myers ran basketball operations for the Warriors April 2012 to June 2023, was initially hired by the Warriors as a assistant general manager in April 2011, was expected to apprentice under Warriors GM Larry Riley for a few years, but Myers was so impressive that he was promoted to GM in April 2012, just a year after being hired by the Warriors. So the Warriors in September 2016 added this title of president of basketball operations to Myers' job title. And oh, by the way, the Warriors during Myers' tenure with the team won four NBA titles and six Western Conference championships. I mean, you go through his resume, it is a whopper. What is it about Bob Myers that makes seemingly everything that he does work out spectacularly well? Man, I I think it's just that he is, he, so for lack of a better phrase, Bob Myers just gets it. He understands people. He understands how to be an effective communicator. And I think that's really, really important in this business where you're going to come across so many different types of people and people from so many different backgrounds and, and from so many different cultures and communities. And Bob Myers is very good at finding commonality and ways to communicate with all of those people. And I don't think it's a coincidence and not to turn this into a basketball talk, but like Draymond Green, if you're unfamiliar, has had, has had some problems with technical fouls and with ejections and losing his cool on the court. And Bob Myers was like the Draymond whisperer. He would be the one who would go down to the bench and talk to Draymond one-on-one. 
And so I don't think it's a coincidence that Bob Myers leaves and Draymond Green has now been suspended twice in this basketball season. So I, I think that he is a a very effective communicator and he knows how to get his message across to any any kind of person and how to get everybody kind of rowing in the same direction. And I think in, in a spot like this where he's on an advisory committee, I think that to, to hire a GM and to hire a coach to kind of get the ship right in, in Washington, he's not a football guy, but he's not making football decisions here. He is communicating and making leadership decisions, and that's something I'd very much trust him to do. We're talking Adam Peters, Bob Myers, and more with Kyle Madsen, co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast, which is a 49ers podcast, also the co-host of the Insiders on ESPN 1320 Sacramento, and the managing editor of USA Today's Niners Wire. Uh, Going back to Adam Peters, uh, Josh Harris is big on analytics. Peters was a major force in scouting for the New England Patriots and then Denver Broncos before being hired by the Niners in January 2017. The worlds of scouting and analytics are increasingly coming together, but Peters is more of a scouting guy than an analytics guy. Is that correct? I, I, I think he's probably more X's and O's guy. I know the 49ers have, and this is something that, that Kyle Shanahan has talked about a lot, the marriage of the X's and O's to the analytics, where they might have an analytics guy, Elijah Mitchell, uh, the, their, their, their running back that they took in the sixth round out of, I think it was Louisiana Monroe. They, they had an analytics guy who basically came to them with numbers and said, hey, uh, this is a this is a player who is really effective. These are the numbers, and then they had a scout go in and watch and marry the tape to those numbers. Like, does it all match up? And so, I think that's kind of what what Adam Peters is it would would bring to to Washington. I, I think if I had to pick one, I think he's probably more X's and O's. He's been in the league twenty one years, and you, you figure, and he's been a successful personnel guy with with Denver and now and now with the Forty ers I think that probably starts with being able to evaluate what he sees on tape and then and then making sure that that translates to what his team needs. To be clear about the 49ers, they do have a coach-centric approach. Kyle Shanahan has final say-so on player personnel, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a, it is a collective effort, but EOD, it's Kyle Shanahan's choice. Josh Harris, in preparing for this overhaul of Commander's football operations, reportedly has been studying successful NFL teams. The Baltimore Ravens have come up. The Philadelphia Eagles have come up. I would imagine that Josh has looked at the 49ers as well. What they've done really is something. The Niners have gone from having four consecutive double-digit loss regular seasons, 2015 through 2018, to, like I said earlier, now having had four double-digit win regular seasons in five seasons. Uh, How and why have the Niners become such a consistent force in the NFL? I think it starts with having having really high quality players and they they built that through finding George Kittle in the fifth round. Fred Warner's a third round pick. Debo Samuel was a second round pick. They bring in they lose Joe Staley who was a leader for them for a long time and they bring in Trent Williams from Washington and, and he steps in as a leader. So I think it's it's having kind of that firm base of leadership and ensuring that that stays around. Like Debo Samuel's been around since 2018 or 2019. Uh, George Kittle's been there since 2017. Fred Warner, 2018. Like, there's this core group of of players who are a really good, and b 
they are the leaders on the team. And I think I think quality of player matters because there there has to be some level of respect, right? You can't you can't Trent Williams couldn't be the leader that he is if he was awful at football. Like no one's gonna take him seriously, right? So I think it starts there. And then it, it's it's Kyle Shanahan kind of empowering players. Like players love playing for Kyle Shanahan. So I think having a players coach helps a lot because it, it establishes that that locker room culture that's that's very effective. And then from a from a team building standpoint, it's identifying which players have and, and this sounds so simple, but it's been identifying players like Fred Warner and George Kittle and Debo Samuel, who they're going to pay to stick around. And then, you know, making some tough decisions and letting some good players walk, but being confident that, you know, they're they're keeping the right players and, and being confident that they can continue um filling refilling their roster and restocking the cupboard via the draft and their success in the later rounds i think has been a been a pretty big key to that just finding players you know in the late on day two and later who can come in and be starters for for cheap because it allows you to pay all those high-end players and keep them around and uh, establish that leadership that i talked about yeah and adam peters has been a big part of the 49ers success on day twos and day threes of nfl drafts i know that the niners have had a lot of injury problems in recent seasons and yet this season has been different and i look at two veterans with substantial injury histories trent williams and running back christian mccaffrey and each guy since being acquired by the niners has been kept mostly healthy is there something that the Niners are doing especially well in terms of player health? Boy, that's a you know that's a fascinating question that I would I would honestly I would love to explore that with like a, a sports medicine person because they haven't been healthy. In fact, their their medical staff they in twenty I think it was after twenty eighteen they fired everybody in their strength and training staff and then their medical staff and they married that together. So there's one person, Ben Peterson, who kind of oversees the strength and conditioning side and the and the uh, like player health, the sports medicine side, the training side, and that's all now under one umbrella. And it hasn't gotten better. Like they've dealt with so many injuries. But to your point, this year they've been mostly healthy. Uh, Trent Williams dealt with a with an ankle thing that had him miss a couple games, but he came back from that and he's been fine. Christian McCaffrey missed this week with a with a little calf injury, but for the most part, he's been fine. And I, I think that that comes down to resting and just make it like Trent Williams gets a day off every week. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, when they can get him out of a game, they've they've done so, particularly in the second half of the year. Uh, they've they've tried to I think ease his workload a little bit, especially when games have gotten out of hand. So I think it's just been been that and trying to ensure that they're maintaining uh, maintaining bodies through through eighteen weeks. I do want to ask you about a former 49ers head coach, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the commanders per NFL insider Jordan Schultz of Bleacher Report are interested in Harbaugh. Schultz on Monday morning reported that Commanders Advisory Committee member Bob Myers has reached out to Harbaugh's agent Don Yee. It has been a long time since Harbaugh was the Niners head coach, but his run as Niners head coach was really impressive. He was their head coach January 2011 to December 2014. His regular season record as Niners head coach, a sensational 44, 19, and 1, and he won the NFC Championship for the 2012 season. What strikes you when you think about Jim Harbaugh? He's an absolute lunatic. He is a crazy person. Like, flat out, he's insane. But 
in in ways that make him an effective coach, I think the the key with the key with Jim Harbaugh because there's no arguing with his on field success. The 49ers were abysmal, but for for most of my life, and then Jim Harbaugh steps in in 2011 and they're going to the NFC title game, and the next year they're in the Super Bowl, the next year they're in the NFC title game. It's crazy, and that 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 all goes directly to Jim Harbaugh. But there's the whole wearing out his welcome thing, and I think that in a college situation. In a in a college environment, I think that's easier because you're going through players. You know, at most every every five years, there's guys are leaving and you're bringing in new players. Uh, I, I think that the friction with Trent Balky, who was the GM at the time, the friction with Balky and with the owner Jed York or, or team CEO, I guess technically uh, Jed York, that that was a huge problem. The off field stuff. And that was ultimately why he was let go after the 2014 season, because that was not a happy marriage. That was not a, an environment that was going to be conducive to winning. And I think everybody kind of saw that. So if, if a team is going to hire Jim Harbaugh, in this case, the commanders, I think it would, it would behoove them to figure that out first and then hire a GM rather than hiring a GM and being like, Oh, by the way, here's Jim Harbaugh. You have to ensure that those two can 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 work together harmoniously, or or else you're going to run into a situation where it's you know maybe a couple of years of success, and then you're looking for a new head coach. The thinking is that Jim Harbaugh, in coming back to be an NFL head coach, would want player personnel control. He did not have that with the 49ers. The general manager Trent Baalke had that, right? No, it was Baalke. I think that was where a lot of the the friction kind of. Came in. I don't. I don't think they necessarily saw eye to eye in in what the team needed. Last one for you. Our pal Chase Young, uh, set to be an unrestricted free agent in the 2024 offseason. Do you think that the 49ers are going to resign him? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, right now, I'd say yes, probably because I'm not. I'm not sure how much how much he's going to go for on the open market. He hasn't been. He's been okay with San Francisco, uh, but not not like knock your socks off great. Now, if he goes and has a good playoffs, uh, that could that could dramatically change things. But right now, I'd I'd, I'd say yeah, that that's probably in their plan. But uh, it, it super depends on on what he's going to get in the open market. They have a little bit of money to play with, but not a ton. And they've got to resign Brandon Ayuk. They got they've kicked a bunch of money down the road with with other big contracts. So uh, it would it would I, I think have him take probably less than he would anticipate getting on the open market. All right. Kyle Madsen, co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast, which is a 49ers podcast. He also is the co-host of The Insiders on ESPN 1320 Sacramento and is the managing editor of USA Today's Niners Wire. Uh, Kyle, thank you and all the best. Yeah, anytime, Al. Thank you. Well, we can only hope that one day, hopefully someday soon, uh, the Commanders are as good as the 49ers are. The Niners are so good that they're in the NFL playoffs, but do not have a game on Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, that would be because the Niners are the NFC's number one seed and have a bye. Uh, we Saturday through Monday have six games that make up the wild card round of the NFL playoffs. A whole lot of opportunity to make money via Underdog Fantasy, which offers daily pick'em games that are super easy and fun. Just correctly pick whether certain players in each game will go higher or lower given totals, and you win. Underdog Fantasy, it is the best and easiest place to play 
Fantasy Sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI and to make a first deposit of at least $10. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Underdog Fantasy also offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be ultra-time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, Call 1-800-889-9789. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Well, we on Wednesday night had a battle of the two worst teams in the NBA this regular season, the San Antonio Spurs at the Detroit Pistons. Uh, The Spurs won a 130-108 victory at the Pistons. Our Wizards, uh, they on Wednesday night lost. Uh, So the Wizards now have the second worst record in the NBA this regular season. The Wizards lost at the Indiana Pacers 112-104. The Pistons now are an NBA worst 3-35. and The Wizards now have the second worst record in the NBA, 6-31. and And the Spurs now have the third worst record in the NBA, 6-30. and The Wizards on Wednesday night trailed for all of the fourth quarter. They led at the half 55-54, but then lost the third quarter 35-25. The Wizards lost to the Pacers despite then being without multiple key guys. Point guard Tyrese Halliburton did not play due to a left hamstring strain. The Maryland product, Jalen Smith, he did not play due to lower back soreness. Uh, the Wizards are healthy. Uh, their only major absence on Wednesday night was Landry Shamit, but that was due to personal reasons. So the Wizards defense actually was pretty good. Uh, they held the Pacers to just 8-25 on threes and just 33-67 on twos. But the Wizards' offense was shaky. They went 31 of 57 on twos, but just 7 of 31 on threes and just 21 of 30 on free throws. The Pacers went 22 of 24 on free throws. Uh, Corey Kispert, he in 29 minutes, 36 seconds off the bench, went 3 of 8 on threes. The rest of the Wizards went just 4 of 23 on threes. Uh, Kispert also went 3 of 3 on twos, had 15 points, 3 rebounds, including 2 two offensive boards and two assists versus one turnover. But he did have a game worst plus minus rating of minus 11 and all 15 of Kispert's points did come in the first half. Uh, bad game for Kyle Kuzma. He in 33 minutes, 55 seconds as a starter went just four of 15 from the field, 0 of 4 on threes, and just 4 of 11 on twos. He also went 3 of 3 on free throws and scored just 11 points. He also committed 4 turnovers, uh, did also have 11 rebounds, including 3 offensive boards, 5 assists, and 2 steals. Uh, Jordan Poole in 33 minutes, 35 seconds as a starter, went just a 2 of 7 on threes and just 4 of 6 on free throws. He did go 9 of 14 on twos, did finish with 28 points, 7 assists versus 1 turnover, 4 rebounds and three steals. So all things considered, a pretty good game for Poole. And Daniel Gafford, he in 37 minutes, 28 seconds as a starter, had six blocks. Uh, He went four of six from the field, all twos and four of six on free throws. Also finished with 12 points, eight rebounds, two steals, and two assists. He did commit three turnovers. Next up for the Wizards at the Atlanta Hawks, Saturday night at 7.30. Hey, what a job by Virginia Tech basketball on Wednesday night. The Hokies for this season improved to 10-5 and overall and 2-2 two and two in the ACC with an 87-72 win over number 21 Clemson at Castle Coliseum in Blacksburg, Virginia. Tech beat Clemson by 15 points despite 6-3 Hunter Couture leaving the game due to injury. He played for just 
14 minutes as a starter, did not play at all in the second half. So this was a convincing win over a ranked team, despite the Hokies being without one of their best players. Uh, Tech led for all of the second half, held Clemson to just 9-26 on threes and just 18-37 on twos and allowed Clemson to generate just eight free throw attempts. So the Hokies defended without fouling. Now, their first half defense was not good. Uh, Tech in the first half allowed Clemson to score 44 points and go 7-13 on threes. But the Hokies in the second half allowed Clemson to score just 28 points and go 2 of 13 on threes. And Tech's offense was good. 13 of 24 on threes, 18 of 33 on twos, 12 of 14 on free throws. Uh, two Hokies, 6-1 Sean Padula and 6-7 North Carolina transfer Tyler Nickel. They combined for 56 of the Hokies, 87 points. Padula was terrific. 34 minutes as a starter. He went 6-10 on threes, 3-6 on twos, and 8-8 on free throws. He finished with 32 points, 7 assists versus 2 turnovers, 4 steals, and 4 rebounds. And Nickel, 27 minutes off the bench, 5 of 7 on threes, 3 of 4 on twos, and 3 of 4 on free throws. He finished with 24 points and 4 rebounds. Uh, Tech has been a tricky team to figure out so far this season, but the Hokies for this season now are the number 54 team in Division I men's basketball per KenPalm.com. For comparison's sake, Virginia is number 60 and Maryland is number 81. Next up for Virginia Tech, home to Miami, Saturday night at 7. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Friday show, episode 739. We'll provide you with more on the commanders and their revamping of football operations. Also on Friday show, we'll talk Capitals and Maryland basketball. The camps are home to the Seattle Kraken. Thursday night at 7. The Terrapins are home to Michigan Thursday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and I'll talk to you on Friday. Yeah, so I'm going to run a um, thorough but rapid process. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.